a Merry Christmas in case I don't get the opportunity to see you between now and Christmas Day. Uh, It's been a wonderful season of celebrating as we have been going through the Advent season. And Advent is kind of its own thing, separate and apart from Christmas Day. Uh, They celebrate uh, similar but different things. Uh, Both of them centered around the incarnation of Christ. That means his coming to earth as a child, taking on flesh uh, so that he can become our salvation. And in this celebration, what we have been recognizing for the last few weeks is this longing and this anticipation, this waiting that has been happening. I, I would imagine, even as I was talking about Jason and Nicole, this is what they were in the midst of for the last few weeks, this kind of hurry up and wait season. And there are times in our own faith that it can feel that way. It can feel like hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. God is calling you to change in an area. Change in that area. Obey. Hurry up. God has not yet taken away the full sting of sin and death. Wait. Hurry up and wait. We all kind of experience that, don't we? And throughout this Advent season, we've been looking at the songs of Christmas. And one of the things that we've realized is that in Mary's song, we learned what God is like. We learned who he is, what what he's like as God, as the one who rules and reigns over all things. In Zechariah's song, we, learned, we understood that we need to be rescued from our sins. So we recognize that God is like this and we are like this. And, and there is a huge chasm between the two of us. There's a gap that we can't fill. There's a void that we can't fill on our own. We need to be rescued, redeemed from our sin. Last week in the angel's song, we saw that through Jesus, our Savior is born as a baby. This is unlike any other Savior in the history of the world. Our God takes on flesh and becomes a baby. And today in Simeon's song, we're going to learn how our Redeemer, how our Rescuer is going to accomplish His work of salvation. And as we're looking at Luke chapter 2, I actually just, before we begin reading in verse 25, I want to draw our attention to something that I believe is important for us to kind of grasp at the outset this morning we read it together in verse 24 it's on the screen for us talking about Mary and Joseph they were there to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons now perhaps your interaction with turtle doves is one of the parts of the song of the 12 days of Christmas maybe you've been informed by things like home alone 2 lost in New York by the kind man at the counter. But you, I think it's right, we need to understand something at the outset this morning. A pair of turtle doves is not a lyric in a song. Well, it actually is a lyric. No, never mind. It is a lyric in the song, but it's not about the song, 12 Days of Christmas. A pair of turtle doves is not about friendship as Home Alone 2 Lost in New York tries to introduce to us. Now, a pair of turtle doves being offered in the temple is a sign of poverty, of modest means. Those who didn't have everything that they needed to be able to offer a lamb for a sacrifice. And so they were there to offer the sacrifice of these two turtle doves. And and I think it's right for us to, at the outset, ask this question of ourselves. Are we poor or needy enough in spirit this morning? Are we modest in means in our spirit this morning to be able to actually receive the good news that God's Word reveals for us this morning? 
I would want us to have a humble posture as we read God's word together today. Let's begin. Luke 2, 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all, all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Father, we pray today that as the thoughts of our hearts are revealed to us by your Holy Spirit, that we would respond in the strength that he alone can provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary and, Jesus are taking, uh, Mary and Joseph are taking the baby Jesus to the temple as a part of what would have been the rites or rituals of the temple at the time. He has gone through circumcision, and now seven days later, he is going through, uh, the, going through the purification process there in the temple. That's why it is that they're kind of coming back and forth, and we're going to focus on Anna and Simeon today. Actually, our focus is going to primarily be on, on Simeon, and we're introduced to him in this kind of almost nondescript way, but, but the details that are given about him are important for us to understand together. We think about Simeon's age is not given, but the text suggests that he's actually quite advanced in his years. And I wondered this morning, if you've been walking with the Lord for a number of years, or you've been walking with the Lord for a short amount of time, and there are things that you uh, are walking through that may present to you the temptation to doubt. You're walking through your life with the Lord, perhaps it's been some years, perhaps it's been some days, but the temptation can set in. Almost at any time for us, can't it? The temptation to doubt. The temptation to doubt. I wonder if that was something that the circumstances of life for Simeon began to cause him to experience, a doubt. But here's the good news for us today. This baby that we celebrate this time of year, Jesus Christ has the strength to sustain us for all of our lives. So no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord and you look back and you just say, why hasn't God done this yet? Or perhaps you're early on in your faith and you're, you're looking forward and you're saying, how is it that I will make it to eternity with this faith? Here's the good news for us. Simeon helps us to understand that the Lord will sustain us. This baby that we celebrate at this time of year. Simeon is called righteous and devout, meaning that he he was a part of the things that God called him to be a part of. His, his interactions with other people, the way that he went about his service to the Lord. He was careful in those things. There was a devotion to the things of the Lord. And we have to wrestle with this question for ourselves, don't we? What are we devoted to? 
What are the things that, that people would say, you are devoted to this? I had an interesting interaction with Ella this week. I, I asked her, I said, uh, she, she talks about older gentlemen being wholesome. There's something that's just so wholesome about him. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think I know what she means. Nice, right? Like they aged more like fine wine than milk. Like talking like that, right? They're not crusty old men. And I asked her, I said, do you think I'll be a wholesome grandpa someday? Do you think I'll be that way someday? And I was actually taken back by her answer. I thought she'd be like, no, dad, you have some work to do. And she said, "I, I think so. I can't even begin to tell you what an encouragement that was to me. Because what it, what it reveals is it's this mirror through my daughter that says there's something that she's picking up on that I'm devoted to. Well, what would the people around you say that you're devoted to? It's not about being wholesome or anything like that. It's, it's about asking this challenging question of ourselves, am I devoted to this or am I a fan of this? See, fandom can rise and fall. Like, for example, if I was to say today, where are all my Indiana Colts fans today? after the biggest collapse in NFL history yesterday, or where are all my Gators at after losing 30-3 to to a team I've never heard of? Notice, no Gator chumps. Fandom can rise and fall, can't it? But devotion is something far different. Simeon is an example to us. He was devoted to the things of God. It wasn't about the high and low moments. It was about walking with the Lord. In the wandering times, in the waning times, and celebrating the high points as well. So he was aged, he was devoted, and there was an expectancy that he had. I mean, think about our text. He is described as a man in verse 25 that says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, the, the word that is used there for consolation is actually one that in the Old Testament refers to the Messiah in Isaiah. Consolation. Isaiah 40, 1 says it this way, comfort or consolation, my people. Isaiah 66, 13 uses it this way, as one whom from his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. There's something that Simeon is expecting And and that's what we find ourselves in in this season of Advent, this this expectant waiting. We're finally in Christmas week, that day that will happen next Sunday. And and I know that moment, I still get excited for Christmas Day. I have a gift for Stephanie that I can't wait to give to her. I'm I'm waiting just to give a gift. And, And all of creation kind of experiences this. But I wonder... Are we waiting for the right things? Are we expectant? Are we hopeful in the right things? In other words, for my relationship with Stephanie, my hope for our relationship doesn't lie in her liking the gift that I'm excited to give her. Right? If that's the basis of your relationship, there's on our website a care form that you can fill out for counseling. No, I'm teasing. That's not the basis of our relationship, is it? The basis of our relationship has to be something that is devoted to one another. Even if she hates that gift that I'm so excited to give her. You'll have to ask her on December the 26th what she thought about it. And you know the gift I'm talking about. It's the one phones come out for, right? Phones are out. There's an expectancy. How are they going to respond? 
And there's these moments that, they, that we face. But are we expectant of the hope that we have when Jesus returns? See, that's what Simeon points us to today. He had a messianic expectation. It had, had this impact in his life. He was looking for Christ's coming. And we as believers in Jesus Christ, those who have said, He is all, he is all my hope. He is all my peace. Are we expectantly waiting for the things of God when He returns? It should change the way that we live today. It should change the priorities that we have in front of us. Now I wonder if many of us are facing things that we could be expecting beyond Christmas Day. I imagine there'd be a number of things here. Maybe some milestone that you're looking forward to. Maybe a life moment that's coming. Maybe a promotion or a new season or stage of life. Perhaps it's a coming promotion or retirement. Maybe you're waiting to graduate just so you can start a career rather than studying about your profession. You can be about it. We all face moments where we're hopeful and we're waiting on something. But this morning, Simeon reminds us there's something far greater intended to be an expectation for us. It supersedes all of these moments in life. Those moments are wonderful. Don't, don't get me wrong. Those moments are right to celebrate. But there's something that is far above all of those that we're waiting for. It's the moment, the inaugural moment of eternity that we can look forward to. It's what we heard about in our Advent readings. And lastly this morning about Simeon, just to, to give a little bit of background on who he is. It's said that Simeon is in the Spirit. Simeon is in the Spirit. Look at verse 27 with me. It says, and he came in the Spirit to the temple. Simeon was in the Spirit. Now, notice I didn't say the Christmas Spirit. So this morning, I'm not saying, church, are you in the Christmas Spirit this morning? I imagine there would be a variety of answers to that. What I'm asking you is, church, are you in the Spirit this morning? Are you walking in the Spirit as Galatians tells us to? Are you in the Spirit even as you arrive here where there's this expectation, not only that God is coming someday, but that He can meet you as we're gathered together? Are you in the Spirit as you're looking forward to your holiday celebrations, as you're around your extended family? Are you walking into that with this sense of, I have the Holy Spirit with me? I wonder what it was like for him to go that day. The way that it's described that the Holy Spirit was upon him. The way that he goes in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mentioned multiple times here. Is it through the Holy Spirit that we live and move and have our being? Is it, is it in the Holy Spirit that we, we go and initiate that conversation with someone? Is it in the Holy Spirit that we go and try to reconcile with someone whose uh, relationship with needs repair? So this morning, church, are, not are you in the Christmas spirit, but are you going into Christmas in the Spirit? I think it's important for us to get that distinction Right? See, in the life of the believer, it's the filling of the Spirit of God that motivates us. Motivates how it is that we go in with our eyes open and with our ears open differently. With, with a sense of source and power from the Lord as we go and interact with our families. As we go and we interact with coworkers in celebration. As we gather together with friends in different times and being together. Darren, I just wonder now if, if there was a... a a prophetic sense earlier, and I just wonder now if, if it would be appropriate just to pause 
and to just share this word. So Darren, would you just mind sharing from the mic there? Just what the Lord was laying on your heart in worship this morning. God's got a sense of humor. I was actually just feeling the Spirit prompting me that something was about to happen. Um, And it's like that. For me, I was standing during worship, and I felt the Spirit of God saying to my heart, I'm still coming in ways they don't expect. When he came to Bethlehem, he came as no one expected. Only a few people recognized it when he came. But the ones who were seeking, the ones who were open, the ones who were paying attention were the ones that were able to see that he came and were included. And the message was great news and great joy. That's the message of his coming. For many of us, we're anticipating he will come and address the large issues in our lives, the things that are not being addressed, the things we hope we get resolution to or we need closure for. And we could be so busy pursuing those things that we might miss him like so many have. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about those things. It's just that he comes on his own terms, and he's humble. He's humble. And what he's looking for is people who are seeking him for who he is, not what they expect him to be. And that's what Simeon was doing. And I did not know Chris was going to be preaching on any of this. I just simply brought what I was hearing. I just felt the Lord prompting me that, like Simeon, we must be willing to let him come as he desires and just be ready for whatever that is. And then to guide us to that place where we understand and know him as the gracious God that he is. And then in the midst of that, we receive great news and great joy. That doesn't mean our circumstances will always be what we desire. But I believe the Holy Spirit is desiring to speak tenderly today that he's in control. And that all these circumstances, though they not necessarily be what we want, he's still the Savior who is bringing great news and great joy. Thank you, Darren. Church, can I just pray for us? Father God, help us be filled rightly by your Holy Spirit. For those gathered here today, for those hearing my voice over live stream, for those listening online, God, I just pray this, that we would be filled rightly. In a season where we are tempted to be filled by tradition or sentimentality, when we're tempted to be filled by good food and drink, when we're tempted to be filled by sentimental moments or these, the joy of lights and being together, may we find our filling in none of those things but in you alone. Lord, thank you for Simeon as, as, he, as he serves as such a practical mirror for us today, already at the outset. And here's where we ask to be able to receive, not of the best gifts of the season, not of the the best gift in our family, but the best gift of all, and that is you. Father God, help us to know your fatherly love for us, your mercy and your compassion. Jesus, help us to see you as the Savior who took on flesh, and may it cause wonder in our hearts. Holy Spirit, may we know your power that was present for all of this. The same power that was present in Simeon that moved him to the temple this day, available to us today. And may we rejoice in being able to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may say, Chris, this is the songs of Christmas. You've not mentioned a song yet. Well, Simeon has a song in 
our passage today. Let's look at verses 29 through 32 together. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for glory to your people Israel. This is Simeon's song. Here he has the baby Jesus in his arms. And it's, it's almost as if Simeon experiences the perfect advent in that moment. He takes the baby Jesus into his arms. Just picture it with me in, in, your, in your own mind. Takes the baby Jesus into his own arms and realizes this is the moment that God has promised to him. This is the moment that reveals what all of those prophecies from from the Old Testament as we know it today, from, from the prophet Isaiah we're talking about, this is the Messiah that was to come. And he sees perfectly back through redemptive history and he sees all of these things come to pass in this baby in his arms and he sings about it. He says, this is your salvation. But I said he experiences the perfect advent because he sees forward to the cross as well. In that moment, not only does all of the old text make sense to him, not, not only do all of the messianic prophecies make sense to him, not only do all of these things come to pass, but he says, I can now go in peace. Now we've been talking about this for the last few weeks. We don't have peace with God without a Savior. We don't have peace with God without a sacrifice that we can't accomplish on our own. We don't have peace with God without salvation. This is the one who the angels have sung glory to God on highest and and on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. And Simeon recognizes he is holding the favor of the Lord. And he sees through to the cross. He sees through to the cross when he looks at Mary and he says, and your heart will be pierced. See, this is where Something far greater than the moment. I can't even imagine the moment of joy when the culmination of what you had been clinging to in this life is now in your arms. This baby, this Savior. He says, I can depart in peace. But you and I can depart in peace today too. Not only going out in peace, but should any of us die today or tomorrow, we can go in peace knowing we have a Savior that we can receive. It's good news for us today as well. He sees through to the cross. My eyes have seen something. Not only it makes sense of all of the past, but it makes sense of the future that is coming as well. Because the cross not only had the purpose of our salvation, it had an infinitely eternal purpose as well, that we might be with Him forever. A finished work that never needs to be repeated There's no three three eons down the road that this saving work needs to happen again. No, this work is once and for all. It's significant for those who are from Israel because it's it's the prophecies that they've been brought up studying. It's the things that they've been... Uh, had held, uh, handed down from generation to generation. The stories that they've been told over and over and over again. But notice that Simeon also calls out that this salvation is for Gentiles as well. That actually makes up the majority of people gathered here today, you and me. This good news is for all people, and sadly, few receive it. As I've been preparing, I've had this thought. 
Have you received the gift of grace and the gift of peace that's offered to you by the Savior? I don't know when the last time you held a baby was. It usually requires attention. Yes, I know that Lizzie Brock went like full mom mode for us last Sunday, reading, doing the Advent reading with a baby on her hip. Kudos. Kudos to that mama. It requires my attention. How about that? I have to put other things down. And I have to posture myself to receive. Have you received the gift of peace? Have you put down the other things you've been clinging to? The distractions that won't allow you to receive rightly? Have you set them aside so that you can receive this gift of peace? Are there things that you've tried to take up as, as, a, as another Savior? Well, this doesn't feel like enough. Let me take this on too. Are there things that you've tried to replace as your peace rather than Christ? See, this baby that we celebrate this time of year not only causes us to wonder at why it is that God would take on flesh that he created, it causes us to see that Christ alone is our peace. There's no room for anything else for us to cling to. There's no room for us to try to hold on to other things, to to bring them with us into eternity. He alone, as the old hymn says, is all my hope, is all my peace. Will you receive him today? Will you receive him today as such? You know, Simeon did experience that perfect version of Advent. He saw back to the prophets of old. He connected this infant's cradle to the cross, and he saw it through to the eternal purpose And just after he sings, he has this revelation that he speaks to Mary and Joseph about. As he turns to them, addressing them directly and specifically Mary, he says this, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. You know, these words are meant for all of us. So how is it that we should make sense of them today? These words are meant for all of us. So how is it that we understand what's going on here? Because there's the mention specifically of a sword piercing Mary's soul. And it seems to be directed to her alone. And, and this is where he's kind of making sense of the cross moment to come. Can you imagine the pain of a mother watching her son die like that? I wonder in her ponderings where she put this word. I wonder in the things that she was treasuring up in her heart, that she was remembering, that she was mulling over and pondering in her own mind. I wonder where this word came in. I wonder what if this word made sense to her in that moment at the cross. That her heart had been pierced. It reminds us that our Savior didn't just come to be a cute baby that we can receive and, other, and put other things aside. Oh, that's true, no doubt. But He came as a suffering servant. He came as one who was going to have to die for our salvation. It wasn't just that He was going to live a good enough life for us. He was going to live the perfect life that we cannot. 
And he was going to die the death that we cannot to pay the price that we cannot. No, this baby that we receive is far more than just something cute and cuddly. He is Christ, the Lord, our Savior. The most honored woman of all would know great pain, Simeon tells her. Appointed for the fall and rising of many. Reminding us that we have to bow in humility. Poverty of spirit before we can rise to new life in Jesus Christ. When we see our inadequacies, we are ready to receive the grace of God. When we see our inadequacy, when we see our need, we are ready to receive of the grace of God. So witness that we read of in the book of James. And Jesus himself would be a sign that is opposed so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. See, when people truly encounter Jesus Christ, it's, it's their innermost thoughts. That is even the, the, the evil thoughts that are seen for what they are. Apart from God's merciful, gracious intervention, it's natural for us to oppose this message of good news. It's natural for us to oppose Christ himself. But Christ reveals what our inner lives are really like. And then he reveals his goodness to us. That is more than enough. More than enough to cover those sinful thoughts. I wonder today, has the good news of our Savior pierced your heart? Has it broken through the callous thoughts, the hardness of heart? Has it pierced through? Is it continuing to pierce through in new ways as it reveals how it is that He's the Savior to you? I pray today that you don't miss this opportunity to receive His work fully for you. Imagine the thoughts that must have gone through, gone through Mary and Joseph's mind at hearing all of this. It must have been a whirlwind first week with a baby. And I thought it was tough just getting them in the car seat to take them home. Their baby, Jehovah, is salvation. Mighty deliverer. He continues to deliver us today. He continues to give us Christmas joy, not just today, but year-round. He comes to the needy. He comes to the ones who realize that He is their only hope. As it says in Luke 1.53, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. So today, if you're aware of your spiritual need, if you're aware of a spiritual hunger, can I just encourage you with this? It's you who gets to experience the true depths of the wonder of Christ's coming in this season. It's you who he is most near because Jesus Christ, this babe in a manger, is not a part of salvation. He is himself the whole of it. And that brings us peace. It brings us peace in departing from one another and gathering today. It brings us peace in that moment for all of us that will come when we depart this earth. 
And we can come to new life as he brings us to the end of ourselves and he raises us up in new life with him. So let's 